Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your family are doing well. Everything is well with us, and we are excited about Jesus every day. Now, you know, about this whole coronavirus thing, and it has spiked again. That's what they're saying. Uh, just remember one thing, that uh, this is just a passing thing. The only thing is that it has lasted a little bit longer than we had anticipated, but we have to remember that uh, the world has been through many, many terrible things. We have been through world wars, and uh, you remember 9-11, and you know, there are times uh, in the history of the world when there have been ups and downs, and this is just one of those things. And believe me, probably just once in your lifetime. So the Bible tells us not to fret, not to worry, but just to stay in faith, keep on trusting God. And if you say, why is this thing happening to me? Well, firstly, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. We live in a fallen world. Things happen and it is what it is. But the important thing is that we keep our faith in God and we, uh, you know, we keep on trusting God. Now, some of you may be asking, well, uh, can faith make this thing disappear? You know, if I just exercise faith, can it disappear? Well, you know, I don't have an easy answer to that. Um, I think, I think, this is what I think. If all the Christians in the world decided that there's one day we will get together and together we will rebuke this thing, then there, you know, then I might say that, uh, uh, well, this thing will disappear. But, you know, I mean, but that's a, a speculative thing on my part. The Bible doesn't promise us anything like that. The Bible doesn't and uh, never promises us that uh, we here on this earth will be living in a utopia where nothing bad will happen in the world. But what the Bible does promise you and me that we as believers can stay safe and we as believers can uh, keep on trusting God and, um, you know, and we can come through this thing. So that's why don't worry about the whole world. What is happening in the world? What is happening in Texas and Florida? or whatever, the spike that is on and, you know, that kind of, don't worry about those things. That's not your headache because, you know, it is in the world, you know, but the important thing is that what you can do is to pray and believe God for your own safety, for the safety of your loved ones, for the safety of your friends, your family, your church, and people in your immediate vicinity, you know, I, that's what I do. I believe God for myself, for my, uh, for my family, for my friends, for my church. Um, I pray for uh, uh, those who pray for our ministry, support us, for our, my team in Africa and my, and my team in Asia. Those are the things. There are some areas where you have a direct influence and that's, those are the things we can actually pray for effectively. But when it comes to the bigger picture, you know, we just have to trust God and hope and really believe God that God will use this some, uh, in some way to bring repentance into the hearts of people and that many people will be saved and we will come to the knowledge of Christ. But anyway, let's leave that. And we are, we are talking about um, uh, the blood covenant and, uh, yeah, and one of the attributes, one of the Jehovah names, one of the covenants uh, names of God was uh, is Yahweh Jireh I am the Lord your provider and we are talking about that and uh, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28 
And I'm reading to you verses 1 to 5 and then verse 8 and verses 11 to 13. I'm jumping over certain verses just for the sake of time. And, um, and um, yesterday I finished by uh, talking about the curses that are uh, upon those who choose not, you know, uh, the, uh, let's put it this way, it's better to put it this way, that God had said there'll be curses who will come, uh, that will come over those who, uh, who uh, you know, he's talking about Israelites, curses over those Israelites who do not choose to follow the word of the Lord holy. Now, does it mean God will curse people? No, this is what it means. Uh, what it means is this, that you see, God has set into motion certain spiritual laws. And, and those spiritual laws is like this. He sets into motion a spiritual law. And he says, if you do this, these blessings will come upon you. But if you don't do this, these curses will come upon you. So what God does, God is not actively out cursing people. That's not what he's doing. He sets into motion certain, he sets into place, into motion certain spiritual laws. And when you walk into those spiritual laws and live according to them, there'll be those consequences and the consequences are blessings. But if you breach those spiritual laws, then the consequences are curses. And uh, in Deuteronomy 28, the, the curses of not obeying God, not, no, not following the word of God are threefold, is poverty, disease, and death. But we focused on poverty because since we are talking about provision, you know, for our needs, that's what we are talking about. But along with that, along with the curses, there are also blessings. There are God's promises of provision and blessings for those who obey him. That's, you know, uh, I was asked this question uh, some years ago. So, so do you mean God curses people, uh, you know, who don't obey his word? And I said, no, no, uh, God doesn't curse anyone. He has set into in place into motion certain spiritual laws and if you breach those spiritual laws you will reap those consequences and the consequences of of disobeying the word of god uh, or being rebellious that because that's what it is disobeying not keeping the word of god is rebellion against him are um, sickness and poverty and death and it has nothing to do with god actively cursing a person but it has to do with breaching god's spiritual laws but there are also blessings and benefits that come to us if we keep the word of God. And that was a, you know, and as I said uh, earlier on, that uh, one thing about the covenant of God, both the new and the old covenant, they are subject to uh, faith and obedience. That's what they are. Even the old Old Testament, the old covenant God had with the people of Israel, it wasn't by default that just because they were Israelites, they were blessed because you saw how the Midianites and the Amalekites tormented the people of Israel for seven years, how, how badly they suffered. They would sow and the enemy would come and reap everything. And the Bible says uh, that God put placed Israel in the hand of the Midianites seven years because they lived in sin. And so that could happen to God's covenant people, God's own people, the Israelites. Uh, and, and then Gideon was complaining. He said, oh, Lord, where, why have you forsaken us? And I don't know, maybe he was a bit out of touch. But, uh, but here's the thing, that even the blessings of the covenant are not automatic. They don't come by default. 
like uh, uh, like the like the blessings of Abraham they don't come by default upon a Jewish person just because he's Jewish and the blessings that come through the uh, through the new covenant don't come upon a Christian by default uh, automatically but if he obeys and walks in faith only then do the blessings come to him so let us keep this in mind that uh, the reason these blessings and curses are there and not only blessings and no curses is because there's that principle of faith and obedience if you uh, in you know god said to isaiah if you're willing and obedient you shall eat of the good of the land so there's that willing heart and that obedience to god and that brings down the blessings of the covenant upon us but anyway let's we are we are talking about yahweh jireh in which the lord had had uh, promised the people of Israel here promised Abraham that I'm going to bless you. I am your provider. Isn't that wonderful? If you look at the list of, uh, of you know, of the Yahweh names we have studied and God, I mean, this is so wonderful. God says, I am the one who's always present. Yahweh Shammah. I am uh, uh, Yahweh, uh, Yahweh Shalom, I am the Lord your peace, and I am I'm, uh, Yahweh Rapha, I am the Lord your healer. I mean, uh, uh, Yahweh Sitkanu, I am the Lord your righteousness, and Yahweh Jireh, I am the Lord your provider, and so on and so forth. I mean, all these Yahweh uh, names, the, the covenant names of God, promised to the people of Israel everything they needed. And if everything is promised to you, why walk away from the covenant? Why even walk in sin? It's so pointless because it brings nothing but misery. But faith and obedience always pay off. That means that even in this fallen world where we live through difficulties, God is always going to come through. He's always going to watch over us. He's always going to take care of us. Hallelujah. Anyway, let's go to our scripture in Deuteronomy 28. And it says, and it shall come to pass that if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I have commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. That means that if you obey the word of the Lord, God will set you as a nation above all the other nations on the earth. And then verse, 20, verse, verse 2 says, And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Can you imagine? Blessings won't just come upon you, but they will overtake you. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And hear the blessings. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in this field. That means whether you're a city person or a country person, or you're doing your business in the city, or you're earning your livelihood of the fields, God is going to bless you. Blessed be the fruit of thy body. That means your children, the fruit of the womb, the fruit of your body, those are your children. They shall be blessed. And the fruit of thy ground, that means whatever grows in your fields, in your grounds, they shall be blessed. The fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and that means your, your cattle, your cows and all that. And the flocks of thy sheep, God even has provision for your sheep and your cows. Blessed shall be thy basket and your store. Your basket, your store is blessed. And it says, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, in all that thou settest thine hand unto. Hallelujah. Can you imagine? God has promised to put his blessing in whatever these hands touch. Now, wherever you are, hold your hands up. 
hold your hands up like I'm holding up and look at your hands and say, my hands are blessed. The works of these hands are blessed. Praise God. This is a covenant blessing. The works of your hands shall not be cursed, but they are going to be blessed. And whatever you put your hand to shall prosper. It says, the Lord shall command the blessing in the storehouse and in all that thou settest thine hand to, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. God is going to bless. He's talking about the land of Canaan, that land that I have promised you. When you get there, I am going to bless you. That's what God promised the people of Israel. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods. That means God is going to bless them with wealth in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy cattle and in the fruit of thy ground in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven, to give the rain unto thy land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations and shall not borrow. Hallelujah. You'll be so blessed that you will not have a, uh, like we in America have a national debt. I don't know how many trillion dollars. When, when our country is a blessed country, we shall not have a national debt. You know, that's what he's basically saying. And that applies to the individual also, that we will not be, uh, we will not be debtors to others but we shall lend to others. We shall be in a place where we can give to others. Hallelujah. We can give and we can be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, you know, talk, talk, just, just a little thought came to my mind, you know, talking about America. I remember when uh, I was growing up and I was a kid, everywhere I went, whenever there was a, a something bad, some earthquake or cyclone happened, suddenly these ships used to come with well, tons and hundreds, thousands of tons of food and tents and, and medicines and everything. And the, the boxes were marked a gift from the people of the United States of America. Hallelujah. A gift from the people of the United States of America. Even the railway trains, when you went to the railway station, and you, when the train come, if you look at the locomotives, on the side of the locomotive was a, a shield uh, with the stars and stripes and these two hands, shaking hands, and it would say, a gift from the people of the United States of America. There was a time when this country, where I am right now, the United States of America, could give. I mean, there, was, there seemed to be no limit. Every time I look, any time something bad happened, the next thing you know, all these American goods and food and tents and uh, things that people need and wells that were being bore, uh, bored into the ground to bring fresh water to people, even railway locom locomotives and vehicles. I mean, you look everywhere, you would see that shield with the stars and the stripes at the bottom and these two hands shaking together. And the thing is that a gift from the from the people of the United States of America. Now, I don't know if we had a national debt at that time, but there was a time this land was so blessed. There was so much abundance that the whole world, I mean, America used to send stuff to the whole world. Whenever anything happened, boom, America was there because there was an excess. There was a surplus of everything 
Now we have politicians talking, oh, we should take care of our own. Why should we help other countries? And, and the reason, and I understand why they are doing that. The reason they do that is because we are going through a time when we have so many debts, so many, um, you know, we, 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 it, it looks like we, we owe more than we have a surplus. And so, you know, I'm not a politician. I don't know why these things happen, but I remember those days uh, for of those of you who are watching me who are Americans, who don't uh, see it from the perspective I saw it from growing up in a third world country. We saw that. I mean, we looked at America as a land of uh, overabundance. I mean, you needed anything. America was there. And it was always that shield, a gift from the people of the United States of America. And that was the greatness of America. America uh, defended people. America fed people. And uh, I, I believe that was, uh, a, a, you know, the divine calling. I look at it this way. I'm not a politician, but living here now, uh, I, I, I wish, you know, we had that old America back. Anyway, anyway, uh, God bless you. Uh, sorry if I offended anyone, but I'm not a politician. It's just a thought that came back to me because it says that you shall lend to many and borrow from none. That is a blessing of the Lord and that applies to us individually that we, we are so blessed that we are givers, you know. So that's what God promised the people of Israel. And verse 13, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail and thou shalt be above only and shall not be beneath if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God which I commanded this day to observe and to do them. So that's what God promised. Okay, now let's look at Let's look at Joseph, one of the figures in the Bible. And this is interesting because Joseph, uh, Joseph's brother sold him, uh, you know, as a slave. And so he was first uh, sold. I think it was the Midianites who, who bought Joseph. Uh, anyway, he, he, or, or whatever. There were these foreigners who bought Joseph. And they used him. Then they sold him to uh, a guy called Potiphar. And Potiphar, uh, Joseph... You know, he came up to a place where um, Potiphar, his master, trusted him and uh, he was put over a number of things. But then Potiphar's wife falsely accused Joseph of attempted rape and Joseph was brought down once again. He was put into prison and when he was in prison, uh, you, you know the rest of the story, how he, he uh, uh, you know, he just languished in this prison. Then he interpreted dreams for somebody and then they, um, uh, the king's cupbearer and somebody else, you know, related to the king. And uh, they uh, basically interpreted dreams on them and they said, we'll get you out of here. But they forgot all about him. Years went. And then finally, the king had this dream. And these two guys who Joseph had had, suddenly they remembered Joseph and they told jo the king, they said, you know, there's a guy in prison, he can interpret dreams. and." And, uh, and the king called for Joseph and he, this is what he said to Joseph. He said to Joseph, he said, Joseph, I've had a dream and I need the interpretation of the dream. And he said, uh, Joseph said, what was the dream? And the king said, I don't remember. So now can you imagine it's not just interpreting dream, dreams, but Joseph had to tell the king what his dream was. He, he told the king what his dream was, which the king had forgotten. And then king said, yeah, yeah, I, now I remember now that you say it. And then Joseph interpreted the dream. And then Joseph was brought out of the dungeon. 
and he came to a place of, uh, you know, uh, uh, of, of confidence, and then he rose from there. But here's the interesting thing. You see, there you see prosperity, you see shalom, uh, healing, wholeness, prosperity, because you see, uh, you have a shalom, uh, 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 you know, uh, I'm the Lord, your peace, and it says, Yahweh Jireh, which we'll study later on, he said, Yahweh Jireh, I'm the Lord, your provider. So it's not just provision of money, but it's provision of everything you need in life. And you can see that uh, Joseph here, the interesting thing is that he was sold as a slave and he was unjustly accused of being an attempted rapist. And, you know, they promised him, they forgot him. But, you know, a lot of bad things that happened to him over the years. But the interesting thing is that no matter what people did to him, no matter what bad things people did to Joseph, he still kept himself in a place where the favor of God could touch him, where he could even interpret dreams. Because normally when people are in a situation like Joseph and life has dealt them hard knocks and hard blows, and they normally get very, very bitter. They get, they get bitter and cynical, but not Joseph. He was not bitter. He was not cynical, but he was, uh, he kept his heart tender. He kept his heart at a place where he could hear from God. And God provided for him because God was Yahweh Jireh. God kept his covenant with Joseph. And not only did God provide for him, but God used Joseph to provide for the very people, his brothers who had betrayed him and sold him as a slave. Wow, because he kept his heart right. But anyway, let's go to Genesis 39. I'm reading from verse 20 to 23. He says, and Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The Lord was with Joseph even in that dark place. Sometimes you may not understand uh, why you fall into a certain place, but the thing is that instead of asking questions, why am I here? Because asking those questions doesn't solve anything. But if you in that position where you shouldn't be, but you are there because of the sins of other people, if you're not bitter, but you keep your heart pure and you keep your heart clean, then what's going to happen that God is able to provide for you and give you favor and blessings in that dark place and you will come out of it. And uh, why did you get in there? I don't know, but I do know this much, that you will have a testimony when you come out because every test brings a testimony if your heart is right and you are in faith. Hallelujah. Remember that every test becomes a testimony if your heart is right and you are in faith. Anyway, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the dungeon, in the prison, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. So can you imagine? He was made like in charge as a prisoner. He was made in charge of all the other prisoners. Then it says, verse 23, And the keeper 
of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it prosper. The keeper of the prison saw that whatever Joseph did prospered. Whatever he put in the hands of Joseph prospered. So he trusted Joseph unconditionally because everything Joseph did, it was it just prospered. Although Joseph was a prisoner, it prospered. You see, that's that's what it's all about. You know, Yahweh Jireh, the Lord is my provider. Genesis 41, 38 to 43. And then it says here, this is when Joseph gets promoted and all that. And it says, and the Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this is a man in whom the spirit of God is? He's actually talking about Joseph to his the rest of his uh, courtiers. He's saying, can we find another man like this, a man who has the spirit of God? Now, let me just say this. To have the spirit of God, I, this is not have nothing to do my, with my subject, but it just struck me that to have the spirit of God isn't just a matter of, you know, that you shout and go, and then you start running around the church and you fall down and pre acting like you're drunk and people say he's got the Holy Spirit. That, listen, that is not the true evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we speak in tongues that the Spirit gives us utterance and that is the indwelling, uh, uh, sorry, that's the outward evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But the real, the deeper fruit of the Spirit is when people see the fruit in your life, they see the character in your life, and, uh, and they see the, the evidence of God's grace and God's favor in your life. That is what people are looking at. Because now I believe in tongues. I really believe that when a person is baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire, there shall be the initial outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I believe in the nine gifts of the Spirit. But let us not neglect the fruit of the Spirit. Because when the world looks at you and me, they don't look at the gifts primarily. They look at the fruit. When the church looks at us, they look at the gifts. They say, wow, he's a man of God. He has miracles. God uses him. But when the world looks at us, they look at our character. But even the church, after sometimes when they've seen the gifts operating in your life and they've seen the outward physical manifestation of the Holy Spirit, they'll also start looking for the fruit because they want to see the hand of God, the character of Jesus, the favor of God in your life. Because if they don't see the hand of God in your life, then they'll call, look at us and say, these people are hypocrites because they pray for the sick, they speak in tongues and they prophesy, but look at their character. They don't have any character. Obviously, God is not with them, but that even that begins to show up in the church. So what I believe is this, that in the Christian life, um, character is the foundation. It is very, very, very important though, you know. So it says, Pharaoh looked at Joseph. He says, look at this man. He has the spirit of God in him. And how do people know that we have the spirit of God in us? Well, they look at us. Firstly, they look at everything we do with our hands that prospers, that we have favor with God. We have favor with God. 
and we, we, the works of our hands prosper, that we reflect the character of Jesus, that we, you know, all these things. And in Joseph's case, it was also a mix of the gifts of the Spirit because it takes gifts of the Spirit to interpret dreams and things like that. So he had this wonderful combination of the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit working together in his life. So let us seek those things. Uh, let us not just be seekers of gifts, although the Bible tells us to seek earnestly the best gifts. But a few verses later, it also says that if I don't have love, I am nothing. So let us find that balance, uh, all of us in our lives, especially we who are Pentecostals, that we, we seek the gifts, but we also seek uh, the fruit. And uh, uh, seeking the gift comes through prayer and seeking God, but seeking uh, but uh, the fruits come through a walk with God, your prayer life. You can't seek the fruits like you seek the gifts. You seek the gifts in prayer, but the fruits come as you walk with God and the character of Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ begins to take root and bear fruit in your life. And people say that and people say, there goes a man of God. Well, let us uh, stop here and let us pray together and we will continue uh, tomorrow again, talking about Yahweh Jireh and the Lord your provider. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for your hand of mercy and power and blessing upon their lives. Use them mightily and bless their family. Touch them at every point in their lives, spirit, soul, and body. Father, if there's anybody sick in their home, I ask you for healing and restoration for them. Bless each person in the name of Jesus. Amen.